Welcome to the Maitripa College podcast. Maitripa College is a Buddhist institution of higher education founded by Yangtze Rinpoche in 2005 in Portland, Oregon. We offer two graduate degree programs, a Master of Arts in Buddhist Studies and a Master of Divinity, as well as classical Tibetan language studies. Founded upon the three pillars of scholarship, meditation, and service, the Maitripa College curriculum combines Western academic, contemplative learning and traditional Tibetan Buddhist disciplines. Through the development of wisdom and compassion, our graduates are empowered with a sense of responsibility to work joyfully for the well-being of others. They become agents of positive change in the world and are shaping the development of Buddhism in the West. As scholar practitioners, chaplains, professional translators, doctoral degree candidates, leaders in the nonprofit world, educators, and more, we invite you to join us to make your practice your life. In this week's episode, during Maitripa College's Sunday morning community program, President Yang Sirupache teaches on refuting misconceptions about meditation. a short uh, silent meditation, you know, basically uh, step number one, trying to let go all the clinging and grasping, not necessary to apply any logic and reasons, just simply let go in. If there's any kind of questions or reactions arise, just simply observe and even gradually trying to let go. Not repressing the reaction, neither embracing the reaction. Simply acknowledge through the state of a clear awareness, all individual experience go beyond the conventional. Due to that, they submerge the subject and object and non-dual experiencing. At this moment, <clears throat> trying to abide, dissolving the relative conventional and abiding into the ultimate. At the meantime, trying to bring in effortless abiding into the ultimate nature. So, in a traditionally, in a Lamrim teaching, I think uh, we have to recite the lineage prayer. The lineage, lineage becomes very important, and basically, lineage is the blessing lineage, the lineage that, in this case, from teacher to teacher, from warm heart to warm heart. Uh, so. <coughs> So therefore, I'm going to recite the lineage prayer. Uh, all of you just meditate and feel the blessings of the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, Manjushiri, Avalokiteshvara, Nakarjuna, Asangas. So at the beginning of the Lamrim Chema prayer, the lineage prayer, the prayer of Buddha Shakyamuni. And then, <coughs> uh, then, Jambeyang, uh, Mipam Jambeyang, Manjushiri, the wisdom lineage. And then, <coughs> there's uh, Nagarjuna, then Asanga. And then, Lama uh, Atisha. And then the rest of the lineage in the general. So this is kind of how uh, Lama Tsongkhapa make a praise, the lineage praise. And uh, at the end, the, that's Tingdu Nenjur Tsunam Tewanyu, Mangtu Nyamle Nela Mikeshing, Pechir Surabtala Chorimik, Lungdin Ribejibi Tumebe, Dembe Nenam Zolbe, Dambacho Kebagebe Lamdan Tretone. 
Shinda chimbu lam di shebala dagi ni kuni trobergis. So this is I think is uh, this 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 verse that he's expressing. Uh, expressing some kind of let me say today's world assessment is assessing what's going on or maybe it's also frustration uh, so what he's trying to say is uh, today's practitioners uh, they yeah good intention wants to practice but the less understanding and there's less studied and learned it so but really with a good intention lots of wants to practice but there's a lack of knowledge and understanding but there's a there now the another extreme there's a some of the extremely learned it but they didn't get the point to way to integrating into the practice it becomes merely bunch of intellectual <laughs> so you know so this is a uh, not only that time 600 years ago is that today's also we have a same uh, challenge we say like okay i don't want to know too much just wants to meditate in a retreat <laughs> i want to go nine year retreat <laughs> i don't want to know too many details that's one extreme okay then here's like nine years 10 years study and study and study and study and then <laughs> then <laughs> lost into the study lost into the knowledge and uh, in, in a general speaking in a particularly in a western dharma practitioners we can see two categories you know some of the dharma practitioner really kind of sincere you know lots of like your your own commitment your own practice and so on and so forth there's a one that uh, you know who's doing retreat and so on and so forth then you can see one practitioners who are who are in the academic world you know professors <laughs> and they have they have to not necessarily do in externally i'm not trying to judging externally not necessarily you know of course when you are in a university working you cannot say i'm going to go retreat you have to follow the <laughs> you have to you have to follow the time so you you see these uh, practitioners there are lots of them i know they're sincere practitioners but may not necessarily have like i'm going to go retreat i'm you see like very kind of like a sets of a role they follow and uh, there's one of my friend and she you know there's a there's a she's a retired and you know you know became <laughs> involved in buddhism in the early 60s and and in uh, now in a retired professor then she, you know in their generation time there's a, some of those her friends they kind of took different route not in a totally in the academic field but really learn it and uh, this kind of thing so they met in uh, in the northern Spain, you know, somehow they t they're doing this. You know, there's a, this pilgrimage route, you know, in, in northern Spain. So anyway, they just kind of wants to take this as a kind of pilgrimage and kind of as a two Buddhist <laughs> in doing the pilgrimage. But one is so they are they are kind of like uh, each other inspired each other. You know, kind of like seeing the a positive element so they have a, some kind of discussion and then at the at the end one discussion happened like <laughs> the the dharma practitioner who's learned it very well uh, learned it he was like well you have a retirement and insurance <laughs> health insurance i don't have a retirement and insurance <laughs> and the, the the academic ones telling to him like oh you have a retreat you done so admired so many so many under the things <laughs> that that you so one have a retirement one don't have retirement <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway uh, <clears throat> uh, so then also now of course there's this kind of a two element and uh, again we i think we as an individual person uh, 
not so much kind of policing our own academic flavor and not so much of policing our own practice element, you know, kind of like a, this kind of integration of our knowledge and our practice, integration should not make, I say, rigid. Oh, you have to be, you have to, you, you, you too need to be talked, you too need to be integrated. We should not pull into that kind of direction or push into that direction. I think we as a human, I think that kind of journey may naturally able to, allowing to happening, what I'm keeping saying, to allowing to happening. Otherwise, <clears throat> uh, it may become again kind of like, a, you know, Dharma practice and a practice as a general is a kind of like a abiding into the natural state. It becomes kind of like a, at the end, at the beginning, of course, it can be a little bit contrived, but the, in the long term, we want to have uncontrived you know, so <clears throat> uh, so uh, the, the, then and then one in is like uh, is what is uh, even sometime when we are learning it, we kind of get it one sided, you know, so he says you have to really means only one, like for example, if you are Giluk, you are, you, are, you are reading only Giluk, not reading Kagyu and Nima, that kind of like openness. And vice versa, it's like lots of becoming kind of very narrow, narrow, even you learn it, but it becomes very narrowed. Okay? So he wants to kind of encouraging uh, to openness and learning much more your so I think today's world we are not that much trouble with that department. I hope <laughs> because we have too many too many easy information access for information. So like uh, <laughs> maybe in early that six hundred years before, maybe it is a, even individual want to have a really broader uh, knowledge. Maybe there is a really limited limitation for information. And uh, there's many conditions to can play important role to not to having that kind of opportunity. But the, today we have a uh, now really good. But again, over here, in the practice point of view, uh, it is uh, important. Sometimes, okay, if we just kind of like a, what what I feel is a rooting into the one language and totally opening up into the entire lineage. I think it's important. If you're not rooted and you are kind of hopping all around the lineage, I'm not sure it will be healthy. Although your knowledge will be really kind of broad, that's great. Your experience will be really broad, great. But the really the point is to realization which is, comes through some kind of lineage rooted from the root of the lineage. So it is important to, and uh, how should I root it, rooting into the one Pacific lineage? Is so much, it, there's no Pacific, it even may not necessarily go with your own. I, I like this, I feel really comfortable with this lineage. It's, it's just so much karmic things. It's a karmic condition that's really, uh, so, so, so my point over here is uh, make sure there is a core lineage or main lineage that you are in a rooted and based on that kind of like a your kind of like the your resident of the lineage <laughs> so you have your own permanent resident of a lineage permanent not impermanent <laughs> the permanent <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> okay uh, uh, so so something like that uh, some way the blessing lineage is a well kind of, otherwise somehow you are unsettled and kind of like a wandering. So that kind of like a older long-term practitioner, maybe you kind of need to, it is, a, it is not trying to kind of like a, a creating into belongings, it's not about kind of belonging, it is, a, it is a basically, it is basically which kind of merit field you are going to hang around. <laughs> you know, anyway. Yeah, exposure is very important. 
explosions is encouraging. Uh, I'm not sure you can decide for yourself. Neither your teacher decided for yourself. I think sensible you want to decide. I think this needs to be let go. Once we draw up the distraction, right now we are following, oh, this is interesting, this is interesting, this is... But th this may, may be a distraction. But once we drop the distraction, but at the same time openness, so I think like a, which kind of vehicle we are riding, the vehicle that is all overgoing. So we need to kind of like a jump out from that vehicle. And <laughs> that ve anyway, anyway, it is <laughs> it's a good question. I think, uh, uh, you know, the path, maybe is a path that's, you know, sometimes when you go to Ikea, they will tell you to go <laughs> where to <this> go. <laughs> they want to make sure you see everything. <laughs> And uh, really difficult to find the exit <laughs> until you look. <laughs> so, <laughs> no escapes. Make sure you see entire lineage of the IKEA. <laughs> so, 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 basically, <laughs> make sure which <laughs> where you where you're stepping. And I think that that's what I'm saying. The vehicle, the path. Now the question comes. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's not so much identifying with that lineage. It's not about you too identifying with the lineage. You are destroying the lineage. You're destroying the bless, the blessing. You know, so too over identifying with it. It's not about identifying. Uh, <clears throat> it is, uh, you know, basically it is uh, through the practice. You know, you know, when I say which kind of merit field you want to hang around, it has some point over there. <laughs> so. Uh, so anyway, lineage is uh, something that, you know, something spiritual and karmic connection, spiritual and spiritual and karmic deep connection. And uh, <coughs> in this whole depends to how we're going to nurture. You know, again, how we know there is this lineage is depends how we're going to nurture. You know, it's all. It won't be. It won't be somehow you will fall into that box. There's no such a thing. So your own karmic connection is there. Then how much your own effort and practice embrace such as lineage. You know, so that's whole, you know, like it is a, um, <clears throat> you know, like a, in a general speaking, Karma, karmic lineage connections, karma is not fixated, so it is a, can be nurtured by different conditions. You know, so, uh, so how we how we going to know? Uh, I think it's much more like uh, which kind of practice we are going to to do in our own daily basis. That practice that you feel very close to your heart, and how much you're going to put effort, that will kind of like establish the, your own root, your own lineage root. So there's no, uh, there's no free existing one lineage condition. We are, we are all exposed for the entire lineage. You know, so general point, general point is that. But where we going to, which lineage we're going to feed? as a practitioner, which lineage we're going to make a more. So that's, I think, like a main thing. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, of course, uh, in, a, in the West, uh, you know, this question, how I know my root guru, how I know my yidam, how I know my, my lineage, you know, this, uh, you know, I think, <clears throat> you know, also sometimes we have to a little bit be careful. Over-identifying with the lineage will destroy the lineage. So that's, again, we have to keep it in mind. It's not about identifying with the lineage. It can destroy the lineage blessing. But at the same time, it is a much more, when it comes to the concept of a lineage, it is not about uh, ego identifying. It's so much about the, the devotion the uh, much more openness. There is a kind of like a karmic closeness. Uh, 
Okay, anyway, I open myself into a complicated subject. <laughs> There's a deep inner connection. It is, it is not necessarily yeah. I mean, that's kind of like an initial karmic condition individually established, and then condition how it nurture, you know, so this kind of like it. Like, for example, related with the teacher, like uh, <clears throat> for me, of course, when I was in 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 Sarah in South India, I have two main teacher, and this kind of like a mainly way they're training my all that <clears throat> studies and every advice. And uh, I will follow all their commands and, and guidelines. But then, like for example, these day I have another teacher, which is I fell strong kind of devotion and and it is not so much about I have spent lot lots of time I have received lots of teachings it's not that there's this kind of very strong openness appreciation it's basically presence of that teacher there is a genuine open heart, you know, kind of like, it's not about, uh, there is a, this blessing that is, I, I just have a few conversations, not that much teaching, but there is a, these kind of, uh, and, and there's no kind of craving also, you know, sometimes we get teacher, we get, again, it's my teacher, I want to see my teacher, I want to see my guru. There's neither craving involved. There's a depreciation in, you know, experience and uh, presence of the, this individual is a openness is there, fully openness there. There's no aggression. Aggression kind of naturally kind of, kind of, you know, kind of like, Shy. <laughs> so, for me, I will look at into these kind of my own individual experience, and then kind of like a, is it is not so much that I want to learn. I want to I want to get what you have, and there's no such a thing. Is there's a lots of kind of like a blessings. You know, this basically is a. Blessings are gift, spiritual gift. And spiritual gift is like, you, and basically you haven't, karmically you put already effort. At that moment you haven't put that much effort. Somehow naturally you are able to experience the gift. You know, able to, all the aggressions kind of like a naturally kind of like a, you don't have to meditate in the emptiness. You don't have to meditate in the impermanent. It's just kind of shy, the destructive emotion. And these are the kind of like gift, spiritual gift, blessings is a spiritual gift. And so, so in such an experience, if there is a aggression comes and there is a clinging comes and grasping comes, yeah, then again like, oh, no, then we are not receiving blessings. Because it is a still kind of, you know, kind of creating these kind of things. So, so like for example, this uh, individual, the, and my another two teachers that I have received so many teachings and so many. So there's a, like a natural this kind of like a karmic investment. But for this individual teacher, I don't have anything these things, any of these things. Like there's maybe few exchange of in uh, the Dharma conversations. But the really what I look is uh, because the gift that I received <laughs> and gift that I received not don't have to be a presence of the, that teacher, even a gift that I can receive by even imagination and visualization. This kind of like a gift of a blessing that naturally can be received. So that these things are like the karmic witnessing that there is a something karmic connection. You know, so. So that's the kind of like, uh, I think, way to look at it. Uh, is, is, uh, is, uh, if, if this teacher really kind of drives you nuts, 
<laughs> Maybe you know, these things happen later, <laughs> usually. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, how much Melrepa, you know, he got drove nuts by Marpa. <laughs> how many times he's planned to run away? <laughs> So then there's a time comes that you're planning to run away. <laughs> so there's a, in the Tibetan, there's a way of saying, get the blessings of your guru from far distance. <laughs> Long distance guru devotion practice is the best one. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, sometimes there's a way of saying that. So maybe at this moment, in my case, with this teacher, what kind of long distance, kind of like a <laughs> good, maybe this is happening. Maybe in, in the future, then slowly, slowly, maybe there might come time that this teacher may drive me crazy. And then here that now I need to kind of to move beyond that, how I'm going to deal with that frustration. You know, how I'm going to deal with this frustration. And this whole kind of like, yeah, it is a... Yeah, the, the teachers are not easy, you know, they are not all the time nice <laughs> in a conventional world point of view. <laughs> you cannot, so there is a, there's a, there's a, there's a, it's a difficult relation, it's a complicated relation. It is a, you know, it's, just, it's so much how you, so anyway, it's, there's no specific things to way to say it, but it is a journey, okay? <clears throat> Okay, <clears throat> and then there's a, in also the teacher, you know, of course the teachers, one of my teachers also, he used to tell, you know, like uh, the teachers that who have a much more benefit and the impact into the uh, practitioners, their students' lives, if that teacher individually, him or herself, practice kind of lineage, <coughs> more intensively, that also kind of have an impact, blessing, sharing for more further sentient beings. So, uh, so anyway, that's, anyway, it is, a, it, is a, it is a journey to go through. And as I mentioned earlier, Heart Sutra meditation, we said there's a, there's a time of that creating clarity of our mind at the first step. Second step, trying to go beyond the relative and conventional reality. And the third step, trying to emerging into non-dualistic and that kind of things. So ultimately, at the step number one, for us, any kind of practice is this kind of like clear state of awareness. It becomes a very important. The mind that is... Uh, if the mind is already frustrated, and then if you invite it more lineage practice and all that things, it will make more frustration. <laughs> there's no, there's no miracle. Miracle, and oh, I'm so frustrated. Let me do some practice, and suddenly there's miracle, and it doesn't. There's no miracle. <laughs> it's all kind of process and working. So. So anyway, key point over here is uh, <clears throat> how how I'm going to how I can handle the conventional world, the spiritual world. It all depends. The step number one, how I can make a clear state of awareness. Is step number one. If we if I if I come with a frustrated state of awareness, both this world, the spiritual world, the conventional world really kind of torture. Both can be tortured. You know, both can be tortured. So, it's all like, uh, okay, uh, both can have a different impact into the, our own life. So, the step number one is, uh, I used to say, circulation of the mind keep healthy. <laughs> if our circulation, when it's a clear state of mind, basically, circulation of the mind. If, you, if there's a loss of blockage, if there's a loss of blockage, uh, then, if there is not only blockage, but there is a loss of inflammation. <laughs> so, uh, one I was thinking, like, Shine meditation is really trying to take care of the inflammation of the mind. 
And it's just, you know, once your inflammation is kind of down, I say healed, yeah, it have a full strength. Okay, so anyway, the mind, the crazy mind, <laughs> the crazy mind need to be taken care of. Okay. Uh, okay. <clears throat> then, of course, <clears throat> since we are talking about clear mind, uh, so in Tibet, you know, this meditation have a meditation is about, you know, when the <clears throat> uh, during the seventh century when the from there is a lineage coming from the Chang tradition, but, and uh, one of the Chinese master, which is really kind of, you know, based on the root in a lots of sutra Buddha's teaching, and this kind of like a idea that uh, you know, chained. If there's a gold chained or regular chained, is a chained. Doesn't matter. So. Virtue thought or non-virtue thoughts, since it's a thought, it's obscures of a nature of the mind. So there's a so meditation is a so much encouraged into a no thoughts, no thinking. Okay, so so now for us at the beginning. At the beginning, maybe we should do no thought because we have overwhelmed by thoughts. So no thoughts is not by repressing the thoughts, by let going the thoughts, let going the uh, aggression. But then through that, as much possible to able to let go our conceptuals and clingings, but. It is very important our meditation have inspiration. If there's no inspiration, it's just kind of like a empty state of awareness, <laughs> spacious state of awareness. Just by that, I'm not sure we are able to actualize all the potentials. So I think basically, ultimately, we want to have a healthy state of awareness in the mind, able to actualize loving kindness, compassion, and inspiration. The main, you know, meditation of emptiness is. I feel it is the. It is like the pen, pen, pen. If you're a chef, you have to have a pen, good pen, where you're going to go. And the meditation of wisdom, I feel like the fire and the pan. And the really, what you have the inside the pan, you just you have to have something in there. Something's really delicious <laughs> food. So loving kindness and compassion is the diet. Uh, the what you call the. I'm not sure. Are you? And I, I didn't have ingredients. Ingredients, the nutrition and the ingredients. Meditation and emptiness. Meditation and emptiness itself, I'm not sure. Meditation and emptiness without loving kindness is uh, basically you are just frying the empty pan. <laughs> There's no ingredients. You know, it, is a, it, it can be like weird. <laughs> just, uh, just <laughs> so. Look from that meditation with emptiness, you have to have some ingredients that's really where you are coming out. So therefore, ultimately, meditation have to be an inspiration, source of inspiration that really n nurtures. Meditation with emptiness really puts your ingredients in the right condition to nurture yourself. You know, right now, so what happening is uh, the med without meditation with emptiness. All the ingredients, loving kindness and so on and so forth, they are like almost like a not clean well, or it is the dust, it's still there, it is still just poked out, and, you know, it's not really digestible at this moment. Or if you, even you take it, it's still good, it can, it can 
it can overcome your hunger, but it may create some problem also. You know, so therefore, uh, ultimately, our meditation should be a nurturing. You know, like the ingredient have a nutrition that really nurturing. You know, have the, our meditation, if not nurturing, then like that ultimate nurture is the enlightenment. I think. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know. I was talking too much. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so therefore, meditation uh, requires this inspiration. And inspiration comes from reflection, reflection, reflecting into loving kindness. Just by let going, all the aggression is really wonderful, but we need to replace in meditation, we have to replace with a <clears throat> with a loving kindness and uh, you know all the paramita practice. So anyway, it sounds very looks like I'm making too much like a dualistic. You know, you replace, you kind of, but meditation of emptiness. You know, when you're doing meditation of emptiness or let going your thoughts or trying to a bringing of a clear state of awareness. But if there is a no openness for these very healthy ingredients, loving kindness, and you know, somehow you need to right now it becomes very dualistic because we have to plan, okay now this happened, now I need to bring this one. It's a very kind of like a manual ish once our meditation of emptiness becomes much more grounded and deepening, it should not become so much kind of manual kind of things you're bringing. It's through the meditation of emptiness, it really naturally allows the, the loving kindness and compassion. <clears throat> and uh, so individual practitioners so ultimately nurture inter internally, so therefore like lots of great yogis and practitioners, they are not so much relevant for conventional world because <laughs> they doesn't play the same game how we play in the conventional world. Because they all, they, their way of happiness and all that things, all kind of like a nurturing conditions, all are taken from different way, you know, from different conditions. You know, so therefore, uh, ultimately meditation have to have a lot of inspiration, inspirational, okay? And uh, uh, inspiration have uh, two types of inspiration. And also at the beginning when you're doing meditation, we have to have inspiration. And early stage of a med in a meditation which have a quality of inspiration, in, in such inspiration might have a, some kind of a urgent feeling. At the same time, inspired, but there's a some kind of like a conventional. Uh, there might be some flavor of restlessness. Okay, ultimately, our inspiration should be a no restless, no expectation, uh, no temptation, free from temptation. Inspiration which have a free of temptation, expectation, restlessness. You know, so at the beginning, like for example, in the Lamrim meditation, at the beginning when you're doing the meditation into precious human rebirth and the impermanence, and this meditation, when you're really trying to do, this is, you know, that meditation, it's not to scare, and not trying to kind of like a, it is ultimately, you know, in a reality on the ground, we are so much waste and time into a distraction and cultivating renunciation from such a reality. And once you put it, observing the impermanent and the potential of our human existence. And through this combination, there is a kind of inspiration we draw, which have a flavor of, of urgentness. That's slight different inspiration how individual cultivate at the beginning through the reflection and the meditation and the inspiration which you draw from the in the later on through the meditation into the emptiness and so on and so forth. Okay. So uh, 
and uh, <coughs> in the sutras, there's a, there's a way of saying this. Uh, they took troubles. You know, some meditators somehow they never come out. They are so kind of absorbed, and they don't want to come out from meditation. <laughs> One of my students, her husband, does this whole long meditation sadhana and practice. And she really worked so hard and go to grocery and do <laughs> she told me one day he's 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 just he's just doing he's just he's just sitting and practice but he's not doing the things that he have to do in the house. <laughs> and <laughs> and she feel like uh, should I tell because she respect what he's doing, but at the same time she thinks this is something's not right. <laughs> something's I tell yeah, you should tell him. <laughs> Make timing <laughs> your meditation for an hour and a half. He says, she told me he will stay for like almost like three hours and and then you know, long sadhana, yamentaka sadhana and then then she have to do all the things uh in the house. <laughs> and then slowly I think she corrected. <laughs> I encourage yeah, better to tell him. <laughs> So, uh, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, so inspiration have uh, this kind of state of peace. This is not about urgent and wanting to do something. And in the early time, we have inspiration, which have something like I like to do too. You know, there's a, this kind of like a little bit kind of like a want. Then the, through the state of a meditation of emptiness, then once it's kind of naturally allow your loving kindness and compassion, I think it's, it's so much state of a peace. Again, peace is kind of like a strange word. It is a, um, <clears throat> even the Tibetan word you say shivedeva, the the joy of the peace. Okay, so my key point is in our own daily meditation, not only having that peace, but peace with the inspiration. There's something inspiration have to have. That's the kind of the fundamental. And that inspiration comes through a reflection. So if you're doing like a half an hour meditation, of course at the beginning, lots of time spending to creating that peace. Cease fire with your own destructive emotion, <laughs> creating that, that peace. And then through the state of a peace, of course there is a joy arise just by merely that state of a peace. But that only is not enough, but have to pay attention slowly creating this inspiration. You know, there's a allowing this inspiration. Otherwise, there's a possibility to get really getting attached to that just for that peace, that space. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> then the, in, the, in, the, in the meditation instruction, sometimes say like this is a, a little bit uh, long-term in the meditation. It is not too healthy. Okay? Once we get attached to that peace and that space, so, so now the question comes in our in you know the world that we live today. I really like the meditation, but I have no time. My time so busy. I have no time to meditate, and this is a, a really true. <clears throat> and how I'm going to create time? I have no extra time. <laughs> And for this, I, I feel maybe in the Lamrim, the meditation in impermanent and precious human rebirth, you know, this, this reflection. Uh, this reflection, you know, basically, precious human rebirth and that impermanence is basically saying the, how we related with the time. You know, and from Dharma point of view, time is Dharma. 
in conventional world, we say time is a money. <laughs> From the dharma point of view, time is a dharma. <laughs> you know, so so here, I think <clears throat> uh, this kind of like a reflection. I think that this kind of a reflection, impermanent and opportunity, impermanent and opportunity, reflection into the impermanent and opportunity, if we kind of like put our thoughts and reflection into that, time will come through these reflections, I think. Otherwise, if we're trying to do usual way, scheduled, it can maybe survive for one week. It will take over by your social media commitment. <laughs> so, so, so I think uh, at the beginning, I think we need to kind of time prepare from internally for meditation. Time cannot prepare from externally. So, way of preparing from internally for time for meditation is, I think, this reflection. Give a time of reflection, of impermanent and opportunity impermanent opportunity and the assessments of how much we wasting the time uh, okay <clears throat> so basically giving attention into the healthy time healthy life healthy time healthy awareness uh, you know this kind of conscious reflection con conscientiousness and i think that will be naturally brings the time into our own lap, I think, in that way. You know, otherwise, if we do another way, then I have a one friend student, and he's like, okay, <clears throat> he does his, his, he's kind of trying to do his, his commitment, but then he's the first, oh, maybe I should check my email. But then he makes discipline, okay, I'll just check an email, I won't do not more than that, just make sure, and then he's kind of settled, and then he can do his practice of meditation. So then he says, okay, I'll just do my email. Then he just goes from email, then he slips into the New York Times. <laughs> 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 but then he's just all the time he's like he's trying to make his commitment. I'll just I'll just you know just make sure there's nothing nothing happening and so he can otherwise he say when he's doing his commitment and meditation then his mind wandering maybe there's something that so just to avoid that so he made okay I'll go there then he said like next challenge is when he's go there then he slowly slips into the New York Times and totally time was a takeover by the New York Times and his the practice time is gone. <laughs> You know, so at the beginning, I think yes, our habits and our inspiration have a flavor of attachment and grasping. I think it's a natural. Uh, let me put this way: <clears throat> inspiration without without attachment is uh, basically usually what happens is uh, when you do lots of kind of coming through like a Buddha nature meditation, like when you come through that kind of like a, because uh, attachments is a, is, is a symptoms of a something, a feeling I'm liking and I want it, you know, that's kind of like a gap that creates. And the inspiration without attachment is, a, you know, ultimately there's nothing lacking. You know, there's no sense of feeling of lacking. It's your only clarity only is there. Only the, all the process of meditation, the clarity is not trying to, uh, is nothing is kind of like a liking, you know. So attachment is really just basically uh, the how you say is a marketing plan is basically saying you don't have this, you should get that one. <laughs> it's just one simple message the attachments bring, but the. Inspiration without attachment is, uh, is, is, is uh, at the beginning, yes, is going to happen, but it's lots of like, uh, inspiration is not coming through since of a feeling of a lack. You know, maybe in a lot of time when we're looking for inspiration, maybe we're, we're looking, we're feeling some kind of a lack, and then we look for inspiration to, how you say, camp. Camp? Compensate or come. 
so I think uh, that's why I'm saying that Buddha nature meditation, you know, there's a sense of fundamentally nothing need to be invited. The state of enlightenment is within. So there's a, this state of enlightenment within our own self. But again, of course, you know, I think that our conventional habit also goes through this kind of like a attachment tools to the inspiration. I will say lots of time Buddha nature meditation, you know, and the meditation in the resultant refuge. Yeah, it's easy to say, but yes, also I face lots of, okay, how I can do this? <laughs> that kind of inspiration with the clinging, inspiration with the... <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> so my key, a key my communication, what I'm saying, like finding meditation, not just peace, but the inspiration. So this is like one of the key topics. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to the Maitripa College podcast. If you would like to learn more about Maitripa College, please visit our website at maitripa.org. M-A-I-T-R-I-P-A dot O-R-G. This podcast was produced by Alfredo Pinheiro, Kate McDonald, Andrew Hughes, and me, your host, Tiffany Blumenthal.